Welcome Cheeky Goddesses. This is Michelle Moss and Lauren Mazadonsky and we are coming to you with Cheeky Vibe Peaceful Life, our podcast to help women grow and evolve. Um, today we have a friend of ours, um, my new friend, but Lauren's old friend named Mandy, who's going to share her story. We love to have our interviews to bring out what women in our community are overcoming and we all are have something that we have to share and Mandy's got a big story to share um, and we appreciate her coming on and sharing her story with us. Um, welcome Mandy. Thank you, thank you for having me. We're so glad you're here. You and your beautiful daughter showed up and we're happy to have been here too. Um, so just to start off with, uh, what made you decide to come on to our podcast Cheeky Vibe Peaceful Life? Well, Lauren had reached out to me about it, and um, I thought what you guys were doing was absolutely great. So I know that um, we as women learn the most, I think, through each other and listening to each other's stories. So as soon as she reached out to me, I knew it was something that I wanted to do. That's awesome. And Lauren, why did you think of Mandy when, when we were talking about who we wanted to invite? Um, well, I know a lot about her story. Just um, We got divorced kind of around the same time, within like a year. So I just knew watching her, mainly through social media, but sometimes we would kind of connect and I don't know, I felt like women really needed to hear her story. There's so many layers and, you know, yes, we still hold some of that bitterness, but I felt like she really has done it like gracefully and she has such a kind heart and I just wanted more women to see that and see you really can achieve things you want to achieve even still being a mother. Right. So kind of to start off with your story, um, what do you do for a living? And tell me about your family life, your, your children, and you know, kind of go from there, jump off point. All right, well, I am a third grade teacher. And it's I a have- tough, tough age. <laughs> yes, I love that age, though, yeah. I truly do. And I have four kids under 10, they're 10, nine, eight, and um, she'll be seven in March. So our life is pretty busy and go, go, go all the time. So all of them under 10. All of them under 10. Okay. Um, I also do Ronan Fields as my second job, okay. which has become a pretty big part of my life as well. Okay. So two, do you consider them both full-time? Um, yeah. Yes, I would. full-time mother? Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you, are you married? No, I have a fiance. Um, we've been together now for about five years. Okay. Um, he's an amazing part of our lives and I honestly like we couldn't do it without him awesome so were you married before yes yes I was married um I got divorced when my kids were all under five so I had four under five so you became a single mom with four children under five yes wow so what are you, you have um I know you have a daughter Veda because she's sitting in front of me and she's yes. beautiful what what are you how who are your other kids Alex is um 10 Jet's mm -hmm. nine and Nash is eight Okay, so, so three boys, three little and then boys. Her, yes. <laughs> so you got your your fair share of testosterone. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Yeah, it can be crazy. So tell me, you know, as far as that journey, already speaking of having four kids under five and being divorced, any, you know, how did you overcome, and what were some of the obstacles that were going on in that moment, in addition to being raising four kids kind of on your own? Well, I was twenty nine. Like I wasn't even thirty yet. So I think having four kids under 30 in itself is a lot mm -hmm. um, especially when they're all a year apart like they came really fast boom, boom, boom. yes and then um obviously life throws you things that you weren't really expecting and so you know i got divorced right before i turned 30 and right then and there is when our life like i mean you have to figure it out everything that you had planned up until that point is now 
thrown up in the air. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you have to just kind of figure it out. So I think that um, that was hard for all of us. I mean, I think for anybody that's ever been in a divorce situation, no matter how many kids you have, you're figuring it out all over again. Mm -hmm. So um, that was... Even if you don't have any kids, it's still... Exactly. You're figuring out a life that you weren't prepared for. Yeah, you kind of have a vision of what you thought your marriage was going to look like, what you thought your life was going to look like. Right. And that is hard for that to change. Well, and we all do. Like, when you get married and you have kids, you have this plan of the way you want it to go. So the shoulds. Exactly. And when that stops and all of a sudden everything changes, you know, for some, you know, I'm a very type A personality. Like, I have my life planned. And you my said you're an planned. oldest child. I'm an oldest, life. yes. And so everything goes the way that I want it to go because I make sure that it does mm-hmm. well up until that point. And um, I like to succeed at things. I like things a certain way. I'm super organized. And so when all of a sudden, you know, you have these four kids in this house by yourself and nothing's going as to plan. And And the control was completely taken out of your hands. Which is hard for me because, you know, oldest child. Yes, (laughs) I am a control freak. So um, it it was a lot of adjusting and learning for me at an age I was not prepared for that. Right, that to all have to learn. Yes. Very young to be going through that. Yeah. And then you did say, um, you, when we talked before we recorded, that you know, it, then you had some new things that came up even after that with your children and yes. some of the things that were going on. So a year, well, actually that same year. So I got divorced at the beginning, um, January, February-ish. And that August, my youngest son, Nash, was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Like we had known that um, like his, he wasn't hitting different milestones. So what were some of the symptoms that, and just in case our listeners have yeah, something like um, this. Well, I had had two other kids prior to. And so, so I knew, yeah, I had, I knew what I was supposed to be looking for. And from day one, it wasn't that way. He wasn't tracking with his eyes when he should have been. He wasn't crawling when he should have been. He wasn't walking. So he was on, he was already in physical therapy and he was kind of on their radar, but they just kept saying he'll catch up. Every baby catches up. And I also know, well, I knew what milestones were. I also knew that every kid was different. Mm -hmm. But then when my youngest, my daughter started kind of surpassing him in certain areas, I was like, something's not right. So it was a, I mean, it was a long process before we finally figured out. I mean, it was several MRIs, several different doctors, and we just kept being passed along to doctor to doctor. And then how old was he? Two. Mm-hmm. And so finally, um, we met with his doctor now, who's his CP doctor, he calls her. But um, as soon as she looked at him and watched him walk, she's like, he has cerebral palsy, which was like, I was like, what are you talking about? Because this was never, I mean, you're not even on the radar. All these other doctors are telling me he's going to catch up, and you look at him and tell me he has cerebral palsy. And she goes, well, we're going to do an MRI to to confirm it, but that's what it is. And, and ironically, he had other MRIs. Ironic, yes. But they said that certain things, um, he has PVL brain damage and it's basically like little holes mm-hmm. in his brain. And apparently that can't really be detected at a certain until a certain oh, age. Developmentally, there's yes. a certain point where yes. you can see it. So as soon as they got the MRI back and it could I mean it was it was obvious that that's what it was. So in that same year of dealing with like trying to figure out my life divorce, now I was figuring out a whole new life with you got Nash. Thrown up ginormous amount of things to yeah and you know that doesn't just affect Nash it doesn't just affect me it affects all of these kids because they're constantly I mean even to this day helping him with different things but it just has become their normal you Mm -hmm. know what I mean it's just their life family dynamic yes and I look at them now and I see them notice things about other people that probably we or I want to I don't want to say nobody would notice but people that might not have a sibling or a family member with 
special needs right. might not notice. Right. And so I look at them sometimes and they'll notice things or they'll, you know, grab something for somebody. And it's like that part of it makes me proud because it builds I builds in extra compassion. Yes, because without Nash and knowing and them watching him every day, I don't know that they would be aware of that at their ages that they are. I I don't I wasn't probably you not. know it right. ten nine and but, eight because that would be like you said it's their their normal to be aware of things that you said not uh, nobody would know it but nobody would know it because it's not their normal exactly they're exposed to something and it's part of their experience right like even her like I know for a fact at seven years old I wasn't going to therapy well, I wasn't I wasn't going to therapy watching my brother do this helping my brother do that you know what I mean like I mm-hmm. I just didn't know about that kind of stuff because it wasn't in my day to day life. So when, and I'm going to ask and you can go into whatever detail you want, but so when you found this out and you were already divorced, um, did your ex kind of help out with some of that or step up or did you yeah. kind of talk about it together? Uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of, that's one of those things that everybody that's involved kind of had to really get on the same page with it. Um, my mom's the one that takes him to therapy you know, cause it's before school. So I have to take the other ones to school. So my mom's on board with that. She takes him to therapy three times a week at six 30 in the morning. Like this oh, wow. morning she was at my house at six 30. So, um, got to give your mom a shout out. Hey, thanks. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know what I, I, we don't know what we would do without her for her to get up. I mean, she's retired at six o'clock in the morning to take right. him to therapy. That's right. crazy. But that's love. It is. And she would love for you, love for him. Yes. Yeah. And then about, um, Two years later, he got a pretty uh, serious surgery. He was in the hospital for about a month. So at that point, you know, with three other kids, everybody had to be on the same page, you know, whether you got along or not, whether you agreed with it or not, whether because this is what it was. And, you know, at that point in time, I think that point in time was probably when things were the best with everybody because the focus was on Nash and these, I mean, not just Nash, but these other ones. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't have their brother and their mom for a month because we were in the hospital. It took the attention off of everything else that's yes. going on and that's the identified problem and so everybody kind of comes together for the crisis yeah and they realize what's most important right which in the right. end i mean to be honest i know every divorce especially with kids is you expect it to be a certain way but it's never as like crystal clear and perfect as you expect mm-hmm. it to be but in the end it is about those kids it's not about anybody else's feelings it's not mm-hmm. like it's about i mean the that's kids. a healthy way to do it because the kids didn't ask to be born exactly part of this world exactly and so as as adults, we have to learn to put our feelings aside because our feelings are what got us here. So now we need to make sure that the kids are the ones that are put first. And I think at that point in time when Nash was in the hospital and then these kids, like I said, were dealing with a lot too. They had to see their brother in a way that they never wanted to. I've never seen my brother like that right. laid up in the hospital. I mean, I wasn't around for about a month. So at that point in time is when everybody really just had to come together and you know, brush everything to the side for a little bit for Nash's sake. And how is Nash at this point? He's good. He um, still is going to therapy three times a week. Um, does he have a special school? Is he in a special no, class? No, he's at school he's with us. He's, he's at school with us and he's in his uh, a typical second grade class. Wow. Um, there's always going to be bumps in the road because with CP, you know, as he gets older and as he grows, it's not degenerative, but it looks like it can be because the bigger he gets, the harder things get for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so there could be other surgeries and stuff in his future. Obviously, I always said I always said no matter what um, 
like the doctors have always recommended, I'll always be on board with it because I want to make sure Nash, he's not, so, he wants to be right there with his brothers. He wants to be doing all the things is the other kids are doing. Is at yep. the same level? Is yeah. he in a wheelchair? Or nope, is he, he okay. wears leg braces. Okay. So, um, which actually he's getting new ones he's so excited about on Thursday. His goal in life is to not have to wear those anymore. Wow. Like oh. he wants to play. They actually just, he's signed up for spring soccer and they messaged me him. and said, do you want him to be like, they're starting at like a special needs soccer. And he said no. Like he doesn't view himself him. as any different. And you know where I, just from else. talking to you this morning, I've never met you before today. He's getting that from you. Oh, that, well, thank you. That going for <laughs> one foot in front of the other, I'm going to achieve, I'm going to do what I have to do. He does not like, um, he doesn't like being looked at as like different or if he can't do something. And you've encouraged that. Yes. You've encouraged well, him. You've hope. treated him like he's like every other kid. He's I a great kid and he's normal and that's, you know, his normal. He gets frustrated. He gets frustrated when um, he can't keep up. And instead of admitting that he can't keep up, he'd rather like nobody play or nobody, you know what I mean? And I think that's just, like I was actually just talking to his teacher about this last week. I try and have conversations with him, but I don't think he knows why he's doing those well, things. Well, it's yet. also he's only eight. Well, I was just gonna say, developmentally, he's a he's a concrete thinker. Yes, and there's no abstract thinking going right. on yet, and so it's very hard to grasp yes. some of that. So when he's not feeling good, or when he's tired, and he sees the other one still going, he wants them to stop too. But I don't think he has that ability yet to be like, this is why I'm ruining their game or yeah. you know getting right. mad at them right. um he's eight and he's just trying to figure this out yeah. too right he's on his own journey yes oh what but, a tough little guy yeah God he bless is him. i will tell you i he's my one that like we butt heads the most he's grounded more than any of my other kids however it's because of the attitude he has but that's why he's doing so well. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Like he doesn't take no for an answer from anybody, it's even that me. Kick butt <laughs> attitude, that stubbornness. Yeah, you said you you described yourself the same I'm, way. I am. I, you know what? It's funny because my dad all the time will look at him and be like, "That's you," because they're talking back in the fact that. But at the same time, he's talking back. But that's also what he's doing when he can't do something at therapy. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. he's just this watch me kind and, of attitude. And you know what? That that mentality as in a kid is good when you're directing it and channeling it into appropriate ways. Because my daughter was a very stubborn difficult child but as a as a teenager as an adult she's been so easy and so grounded it's like giving them that power to own their own stuff and then you know channeling it a little bit and it sounds like you're doing a great job well thanks I hope yeah. like I said I I he's my one that's always in always in trouble but I feel like that's also why he's doing I don't know that he would be doing as well as he is physically if he didn't have that that sort of attitude wow okay so it sounds like you have a busy, busy life and have had a busy, busy life. Um, how have you navigated this? How have how have you coped? How have you gotten through? I know part of you said you're you're stubborn, you're type A, you're put keep go 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 go. Like what has been your support network? What has been your coping? Well, I don't like failing at things, so anything I do, um, I make like there's just an overachiever. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but I also, I mean, my support system, my friends, my family my Ronan Fields team, like they're amazing. Like I couldn't ask for a better support system around me. Do you ask for help, sister? Um, not as much as I should. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit too. We go <laughs> back to that. as much as I should. And that's that self, self-awareness part that we've talked about in the beginning of our podcast. And, and, and Mandy, you have self-awareness knowing this, but the self-compassion part is if somebody offers, you know, we've talked a little bit before we recorded about accepting that help. 
Yeah, I'm getting better. Um, I'm getting better, I think, because I'm forced to. Like with four kids, we're going four different directions mm-hmm. most nights during the week. So because I can't multiply myself, I have to ask for help. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I still need to get to the point where even if we don't have anything, still being able to say, hey, you know, can this one come over? Or can you take care of this one tonight? Or you know what I mean? Or if a friend says, hey, can Veda come over and play with my daughter? They're, oh, sure. Yeah. That's and I, cool. that's the part that I'm I'm still struggling right. with because I feel like, too, because I'm torn in, in all these different directions, I feel like sometimes, like, it'll be to Wednesday and I'm like, I really didn't get to spend much time with Jet this week because he's going to this practice with it. So then when I do get time with him, I almost, like, suck him in. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, nobody else can. So I, but then at the same time, I'm the one that's strange. Yeah, what about, like, you time or you right. with... What's your boyfriend? Your fiance's name? Yeah. Joe. So you guys, are you good There's at taking time for right you? Now. No. And this is why. And I actually was thinking about that yesterday. He's so involved with my kids. Like as far as, I mean, he's coaching both the boys' basketball teams. He's running a clinic for the second grade. He, He's coaching varsity basketball he's himself. in big time. Yes. So I look around and sometimes I think to myself, like, we don't ever get time to ourselves because really we don't. But then I look around and I'm like, it's because he's doing this, 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 this instead. And this is just the season of life we're in right now. Like, mm-hmm. with four kids. and the, I mean, it's only probably going to get worse as they get a little bit older because mm-hmm. they're busy and no one can drive yet. And nobody can and stay home by themselves. And you're also role modeling to keeping busy. You're involved in things. You promote being involved in yes. Activities. Yes. So I want, and I always said, like, if they ever came to me and said, I want to do this, 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 I'm going to let them try it. I want them to try everything that they want to try, no matter if it means that I'm... Well, I'm going to I'm gonna give you some therapy stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> they can try one thing at a time. You don't have to have them in 50 different things, because there's that thing where they get over, over involved. And we, we've seen and, that. And cutting we've... it out. I never let my kids quit. They want to try soccer, you're going to do soccer for this season. Yes, you want to try cheerleading, you're going to cheer... But you don't have to do cheerleading, soccer, swimming, and t-ball all in the same year. And we've seen that when they when those seasons overlap. Because now, like unlike when we were little, there's no seasons. Right. Like, yeah. I feel and, like sports right. are conditioning is this part of the year when yes. you're not doing the you know competing. So we had to, <laughs> we had to start this year. Um, my middle son wanted to do this, 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 and we had to start making some choices because I was like, listen. Not only is it not good for you, but it is physically impossible right. for and us at this point. And they need to learn downtime. As much as you go, 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 mm-hmm. you know, honestly, role modeling, taking downtime is very important for them. Well, to it's funny that you say that because this weekend, um, our extracurriculars planning stuff kind of went crazy and they were just good with like, like I was like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? They were like, we just want to stay home. And I was like, what? But I think we do get so busy in, with life because it's like busy school. Busy being busy. Home. Don't you say that? Busy being busy. Yes. I feel like we're always busy being busy. But I also <laughs> feel like even if it wasn't for me, like I'm not saying I'm the busiest person in the world because I have these four kids and these two jobs and they're all involved in this stuff because I feel like no matter who you are, you create your busy with right. what yeah. matters to you. It's you know what I mean? There's some choices there too. Exactly. So you create, you fill your day with what matters most to you so to compare one person's busy to another right is also unfair too because you know you you consume your day with what matters right well and we've talked about this in different podcasts about um intentionally penciling in a date night and you know what it, to cultivate your relationship you got a great mom that would support you to take two hours out even if it's once a month see i'm sorry i can't quit being a therapist it comes <laughs> out you know but you know just doing that for you, for him, so he knows he's a priority too. Because you, you just said I your know. kids are all a priority, and that's wonderful. But your relationship is you two, and again, the kids are going to grow up and move out, and what do you have left? 
Exactly. You know, you've got to call. She actually that called me on, on Thursday night. We had parent teacher conferences this week, and he's a teacher too. He teaches special ed mm-hmm. in the same district. So, anyways, we had parent teacher conferences, and she was going to bring them home when it was over. And she called, and she's like, "We're just keeping them tonight. You guys do your thing." Well, our thing that night was like Netflix and the couch, but that's, but that's what okay. We that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's okay. what we needed. That's that, that, that can day. be your date night. That yes. can be okay. Doing nothing still qualifies as good self-care. Yes. And that's what we, well, that's what we needed to do. Like, I didn't want to go anywhere. He didn't want to go anywhere. Like, we almost didn't even talk. We just sat in the same room and watched Netflix. Cohabitated. Yes. (laughs) It just didn't say any words because... That's that's not, and that's, that's that can happen too, especially because if, if you're a teacher, you're both teaching, you're talking, talking, talking all day, you're talking, talking, talking to the kids. Sometimes just touching each other, sitting beside each other and being in the same space is good, as long as you're talking too, you know. Yes. How important communication, compromise, and empathy, and we've talked about that. It sounds like he is on board so good with helping and, oh, and jumping in. I couldn't. And has that heart for others, like if he's a special ed teacher, yes. Joe is already innately a helper, nurturer, just like you. Yes. So you just got to nurture yourselves because yes. we talked about this before. If you don't, there can be resentment or anger, even if you don't burn understand out. it and burnout. I agree. And I feel it sometimes. Raw. I do. I feel it sometimes. And I think that's another thing that I need, I do need to work on. And I've, I've made, I mean, I know that I'm self-aware of the fact that like I let myself get to that point before I do anything about it rather than you know, kind of doing something before to prevent it. Like I'm not preventative mm-hmm. at all when it comes to that. I'm reactive. more reactive. Yes, mm-hmm. reactive to, well, now here's where I am. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about this too. You start your day off with, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and this. And sometimes, and you have had to learn this, this is that self-awareness, that it doesn't always go as planned, especially with four kids. Yes, that mm-hmm. was a hard lesson to learn because my whole life I've I have lists and yes, and planners and like buying a planner every year was like the most exciting moment of my year. Like it was, <laughs> I was so excited about like opening that planner and writing down my plans. And now like we can't even keep our calendar updated because it's changing so much. Like I don't even bother writing anything on it anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's been a lesson for me. Um, just letting go of that and kind of letting my day take me. But when you're around, I mean, my most of my day is spent with people under 10. Mm-hmm. So there's no control in that. You just kind of have to learn to... Right, which is why, back. again, go back to it's It's very important for you and Joe to have time, but it's also important for you. What do you do for self-care? I mean, what do you do personally? <laughs> again, it's like uh, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for me, sometimes it's just like being in my room by myself with mm-hmm. a face mask on and like That's watching... Stuff trashy tv that yeah. nobody else wants to watch with me do you right. know what i mean and Absolutely. sometimes like that's all i need like and how often do you get that not very often mm. but i do feel different after i have that little bit of time and not on my phone doing this right. not worrying about what i'm doing at school next tomorrow planning, not planning i'm always like I'm really guilty of I'm going to take a second to myself, but then I'm folding laundry. Or Oh, you do that. We talked about it. I do it all the time. And so I I think sometimes just stopping Mm -hmm. and not doing anything Mm -hmm. is my biggest... Does your mind let you do that? I mean, or does it race? I have a racing mind. I have, I've had anxiety and stuff my entire life. So have that's you, something that I've always had to. Have you do. tried like meditation or, you know, where it's intentionally forcing you to think of like, like the meta statements we put out there or some other things where you're just in the moment being mindful? I am very bad at it, actually. Mm-hmm. When we were in college, we, my, I actually went to college for dance. That's what my mm-hmm. major's in. 
and my one teacher made us do yoga mm -hmm. and just I my mind when I had to be quiet and like let everything go was when everything would just spiral have you in. ever tried to meditate yeah <laughs> I'm not good at it but at that point is when I was able to identify the fact that anxiety was an issue because when I had, I still when you had to turn slow down. Yeah. Yes. And so I did, and I was able to identify the fact that like, this might be something more than I can handle on my own mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. You should try it. I use, um, the insight timer and there's even just five minutes. So it'd be something like you could do like in your car, mm -hmm. but just a quick one, a guided one, and you can pick um, different categories. There's like anxiety, manifesting. Oh, I like, do need that. You send so, that to me. <laughs> yes, I will. Because yes. it really does help. Because, you know, if I need to, you know, do my deep breathing or if I need to calm down because I have anxiety or if that's just something I can do, you know, to start my day, even if it's just five minutes. And, and, no, actually, and I, I agree with that because, um, you know, being a teacher, we do a lot of like PD and stuff with mental health. And, we have all these coping mechanisms for kids. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like I'll, when I feel myself getting like almost out of control on the inside, like I feel like racy and stuff like that, I'll um, resort to those, you know, coping things that we do with our students. Mm -hmm. And it does work. Yeah, yeah. It, does. it truly does work. It's just remembering to use them. Remembering to use them and then being aware of the fact that this is when I need it. Because yeah. obviously when you're watching someone on the outside, I can tell a kid, I think you need this because yes. I can see you on the outside. But when it's you, right. you have to be able to self, be self-aware enough to be like, this is what I need. Right and now. and I'm, as a therapist, I've done the same thing. It's easy. It's like being a chef. You go to go to work and create these wonderful meals and you go home and you have Chef Boyardee. Nothing wrong with Chef Boyardee necessarily, but you know, you're not right. doing what you're doing for other people. And I myself have done the same thing. But again, we have on, on YouTube, we have some relaxation, we have guided imagery, and we also have a mindful moment. It takes literally like two minutes. But finding something yes. to bring yourself. And you know, even with your kids, even at home, maybe in the evening, everybody's doing something. If, it, if you took five, even five to 10 minutes for yourself, mommy's going in the room when the door's shut, you know, and, and, and I'm letting you know, you gotta give me five minutes. And it well, also teaches them self-control. Mom needs five minutes. I'm going to give her that. We need to learn how to self-soothe and do our thing for a couple of minutes. Well, and it, I, as my oldest gets older, I see so much of myself in him. Like he has that anxiety and he worries and he'll call me in his room at 11 o'clock at night after I put him to bed an hour and a half ago to tell me that he's thinking about something that I would look at him and want to be like, come on, that's silly. But it's not silly to it's him because it matters to him. And he, you've also role modeled it. He's got it at nature and nurture. He's yes. inherited it yep. through the genes and he's also seen mama do it. Right. So I look at him and I see him get that way or, you know, when he's, basketball is his everything. Like he lives and breathes basketball. So that matters to him. So he'll be on that, the court sometimes and I can just see him ready to like shatter because it means something to him and he can't control it. And he's, he's a control freak. And so it's like, I look at him and I'm like, that's me. So it's like, I and know, he's the oldest. Yes, and, he's the oldest. Order. and he had to grow up fast. You know, the situation that we were in, you know, I had four under five and all of a sudden was a single mom. Like he had to grow up fast. So and your five-year-old became sometimes the helper. Yes. And I looked at him at, at that point and I'm like, you know, I'm make, we're all growing up quicker than I had planned. Um, you know, in order for me to get a shower for three minutes, I needed him to let me know if anybody was crying right. or doing this right. or doing that. And so I needed him more than I think I would have, you know, planning at five years old. Right. Did you ever have resentment and anger in, in the, any of those moments? Um, for the situation that I was in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of like blame on myself. Like, you know, 
if why couldn't we just make this work my kids wouldn't be dealing with this you know my second son um he was all he's he's a very old soul he's a feeler like he can look around and say detect that this person's feeling a certain way and he wants to fix it he wants to fix every he's you know he's a middle child Mm -hmm. so he's he's a feeler and he and he wants me to be happy he'll do anything to please me he's a mama's boy and so um but him even like he would have these like outbursts because he doesn't let like crying because he doesn't talk a whole lot like he's Mm -hmm. quiet and then he started stuttering which is an emotional thing so I would look at and I'd be like this is all because of you know, that we couldn't keep it together. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or that I'm making them grow up quicker than they should and stuff. But you know what? I'll say, I look at them now and they're more resilient. Mm -hmm. And you talked about this before we recorded too. The empathy, the compassion, the caring, the love that they've learned because of, and like you said, we all are part of, we get to where we're at because of what we've experienced. And so even including your kids and and, and who knows what kind of amazing helpers and and nurturers they're going to be because of what they've learned in their childhood. So it's not a negative. And I've watched them, um, even having like a sibling with special needs, like I was telling you guys before, I didn't grow up with that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really become empathetic. Not that I didn't care, because obviously you care, but... You didn't I, know. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that, you know, they struggle to get in the shower or struggle to brush mm-hmm. their teeth. Or, you know, by the end of the day, people are so tired that they physically can't move anymore. Right. So, but they do. And they're, they don't just pick up and help Nash. They, I, I watch them doing it for other people too. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, they wouldn't have that. I don't right. think they would have that innate nature in them if it wasn't for Nash Absolutely. or, you know, us going through this divorce. And again, so, they got that both ways too because you're a teacher. So obviously you're a nurturer. So the, the the nature part is through the genes that you are a nurturer. And then that the, you know, nurture part is that you've taught them that and they've experienced that through everything they've gone through. So they have a great leg up on on kids that you try to teach, you know, sharing, being kind to others. Your kids have come out of the womb <laughs> yeah. having to do that, learning to do that. And, and just kind of being there for each other. Like, I mean, obviously they fight like any other siblings do, sometimes more during the day than they get along. But at the same time, when it comes down to it, they, got each other's back. they, ha- they do. And that, yeah. I'm like proud of that. And I think to myself, if we wouldn't have gone through this stuff, would they necessarily be that way? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I like to think that, while our situation might not have been the best all the time and and you know things have been thrown at me that I wasn't really expecting I'm hoping that we're all becoming better people because of it I love that I think that's awesome and I think that's looking again like you said Lauren with grace looking at your life journey and trials and tribulations with grace and dignity and saying this happened but how did I go from here to hear and how do I keep going forward and keep being the best I can be and, and teaching third graders and loving on your kids and being a good um, fiance and growing your relationships with your friends and your businesses. So well, and I and I feel like life's gonna throw things at you that you weren't. You know, I mean, it is what it is. It's nobody can can plan things out, but you have two choices. I mean, you can either let it ruin you or you can let it make you better build you up yes and I can honestly say that if I didn't go through that divorce and if I didn't have Nash and I didn't you know become a single mom at 29 with four kids under five I don't I know for a fact I wouldn't be who I am today because of it it's pushed you yes. to be the best you, you can I agree be. with that I felt the same to. about my divorce yeah. that it really just shaped me and kind of made the true me, the me that was meant to come out, yes. it pushed me to get there. I agree. Because if you wouldn't have gone through that, you would just 
have stayed where you were. You know what I mean? There was no reason for you to push to become the right. better version of it yourself. It is funny. The ad- ad- adversity helps us grow. And it's just like we said, fear can hold us back. Adversity can hold us back. Or it can be the catalyst to make us be amazing humans. And I think it's all in choice. Like I like I was telling you guys before, you know, growing up, I was not good with adversity because I didn't know what to do. Like I... It wasn't my plan. Yeah, like so, I said, God gave you a whole bunch to learn how to. Yes, and get it was just it. not. It, growing up, you know, adversity would hit and I'd crumble. Mm-hmm. But now, like especially having you know four sets of eyes watching you, you don't have a choice. You can't mm-hmm. crumble. You can cry. Yeah, and I do a lot of that. And you have to feel your feels. We talked about that yes, too. Yes, yes, and I and I cry, but you can't live there. You got to keep moving forward, and then you have to look and think, how can this? How can I become better? because of this. So what would be the bottom line advice that you would give our listeners, um, possibly going through some difficult time, whether it's divorce or having small kids or having a child with special needs or starting businesses? I mean, what would be your bottom line advice for our cheeky goddesses? I think for me, like, and I know not everybody has kids, but I always look and think like, I want to live my life the way I want them to live their life. Like I wouldn't, like you were saying you let your kids play sports, but you never let them quit. Well, that's not an option for me either. If I'm not going to let them quit, I can't quit either. Or letting fear hold you back. Like I'm always like, you can't be scared. Well, then I got to live that way too. So I think like when I have all these like objections or negative thoughts come creeping in or negative situations, I look and think, how would I want my kids to handle this? How would I want Veda you know, as a strong woman someday to handle this situation. And I have to live, I have to model that for them. Absolutely. So, you know, anytime, like when I took on a second job, that's a scary thing. Like, I mean, yes. you know, you do it too. You already so, have limited time and now exactly. you something else on your plate. And so I had all these different excuses of why I couldn't do it and fears and stuff. You think I let my kids give a bunch of excuses why not to do something that's going to better their lives? No. Like, I feel like you can't. Those are excuses. I don't let them make excuses, so I can't make excuses. So I think... If you just look and think, what would I tell? Even if you don't have kids, what would I tell my kids? What would I want to be? What would I want them to be? How would I want them to handle it? And then just keep pushing to be that right? and show them that. I, I love that. I think that's really great advice. Do you have anything else you want to add? I think your story no. is an amazing yeah. journey of oh, overcoming. Well, thank you. And we are, like I said before, we're so blessed. I'm blessed to meet you and Beta. Um, <laughs> love to meet your other your son someday. Um, but we really appreciate you coming on our show, Mandy, and sharing your story. You truly are a cheeky goddess and you truly have overcome so much. And and I can't wait to see where your journey takes you because you have such a great positive attitude about life and moving forward. She does. And that's why I want other women to see like we really can do the things that we dream about doing. Like we don't have to let life hold us back. Right? I actually think that this has pushed me to do more of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that I wouldn't have been traveling. I never would have traveled if I was still married. And You know what I mean? But moving forward into the situations I have has given me opportunities to do it. So now I'm doing that. It's brought on some um, confidence because everything that we overcome gives us another sense of confidence. I agree. So you're at this place. And again, I'm, I'm way older than you, but you have more confidence at your age than I did at your age. So Aww. that's... that's Truly amazing. Well, I appreciate you guys yeah. asking me to come on here. Yeah. So um, we are so glad you're here. I I pray that you know some of our listeners can can glean something from what you've said. Although I still want you to continue to work on self care and self compassion. Yes. <laughs> yes, um, as I and Lauren need to continue to work on that, but it's also role modeling that for our kids. But um, just want our cheeky goddesses to to listen and and learn and hear and grow and 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 hopefully give us some feedback from Mandy's interview with us. But um, 
again, thank you, Mandy, for being thank here. Thank you. And for our cheeky goddesses out there, stay cheeky, goddesses. <laughs>